Welcome to episode three of the Navigating EU Exit podcast. If you're listening, then you'll be well aware that after years of back and forth, endless negotiations and a lot of uncertainty, the UK has now left the EU and is no longer part of the single market and customs union. For many businesses, now is the time that counts as firms across Britain action years of planning and adapting for this very moment. It's not always that straightforward though, and seeking advice has been a big player for many firms, which is why we're bringing you this podcast series by GFIRST LEP, Swindon and Wiltshire LEP, and the West of England Combined Authority to help you get the right tools to adjust to this new world. In this episode, we're turning our attention to the legal sector, and I'm joined by Dale Williams from BPE Solicitors in Gloucestershire. Dale is a partner at the firm and works in corporate and restructuring and insolvency. He's experienced in working across renewable projects in particular and has dealt with everything in his career to date, from project financing to mergers and acquisitions. I started off my conversation with Dale by asking him to explain a little more about his position and introduce the firm. I'm a partner at BP Solicitors, the headquarters of which is in Cheltenham. Uh, I'm a partner in the corporate team, so I advise business on their uh, on their structures. So I effectively advise businesses on buying, selling, restructuring, reorganising their uh, their businesses. You work across a range of industries, so tell me about the day to day things that you do. We act for uh, right across the sectors. Um, pretty much every sector we will we will act for in some form. Um, and businesses, our clients range from startups through to billion pound turnover businesses, so the full range. We're talking about the EU exit. So in your discipline, what has the overall impact been? So uh, for law firms, uh, certainly in the early and mid period of Brexit, it will effectively be more, more money. Uh, any change in law or regulation uh, any increase in red tape and delay uh, will uh, will be more money for lawyers. That's just the sad reality of it. Um, I'm in one of those rare positions where in some ways I wish it wasn't because I think the long term could be detrimental to certain clients. It's very sector specific. Let's talk about those sectors and the areas of law to consider. Let's start with data protection and uh, employment contracts, for example. So those sort of regulations will change quite significantly. Um, but departed from the um, GDPR rules, although at the moment they've been adopted into UK law, but we, we can amend them. Um, employment law will change uh, over time, I suspect, but the government at the moment is saying that it's sticking with what the European rules were, but divergence is probably inevitable. Uh, the biggest impact on businesses will be the origin of product rules at the moment. Those are the things that people are struggling with. Uh, UK businesses selling predominantly into the European Union haven't had to think about those for what, 40 years um, and now they have to think about them again and they're not easy. Can we talk about those areas a little bit more? What, what changes are they going to have to make and, and how are they going to, to adapt? So the origin of product rules effectively come down to where's your product from um, and what's inside your product. So I suppose a, an example I heard recently um, so it's not my example, so if, if the person who, who said this is ever listened, I apologise for stealing it. But if you buy wood from, say, Thailand and bring it into the UK and sell it onto the EU, 
then you you it goes through because you paid the tariff when it's entered into the UK. If you then turn that wood into a wheel and move it into the UK, it changes um, product codes, so there's additional tariffs to pay. So you effectively end up paying tax twice. So that would be an inefficient use of, um, of money, really. So what about things like intellectual property, public procurement? Are they affected too? Yeah, so intellectual property is, is affected in that we are no longer part of the uh, EU um, trademark and patents regime. Uh, so in, in, previously, if you were applying for a trademark, for example, you could uh, you would get EU-wide protection and you could also register it in uh, Alicante, which is where the EU, EU registration trademark registration office was. Um, that That is now coming to an end, so you would now have to go and uh, sort trademarks out in the European Union separately to the UK and it will apply across uh, the registrable intellectual property rights. It is worth remembering not all intellectual property rights are registrable uh, and the enforceability of non-registrable rights may well change country to country. We have barely scratched the surface and there are a lot of areas to consider. So has there been a lot of revision for yourselves, you know, to get to grips with it all? If I'm really honest, I, I, I will look at it on a broad brush approach and I have people who work with me who uh, will drill down on the detail of each particular sector. Um, but it's taken a fair bit of reading around just to get a, a feel uh, for it, but also feedback from clients. Um, and this is very early days as well. Uh, I, I know I'm sounding quite negative. I don't know what the future holds. And that's part of the problem. We don't know. Um, and business like certainty. But it, it, but we were told it was going to be a tariff-free deal. It isn't. It, it, it's pretty much a hard tariff deal on borders. Uh, paperwork's increased dramatically. Cost of freight's up. So it's going to take time to bed down. What would you say are the three most important things for businesses to consider here? Again, it is it is sector specific, but as a general broad brush, I would be considering if you're if you're exporting, consider your paperwork first and foremost. What you're going to require at the border, um, and potential delays at the border depending on the product that you're dealing with. Um, consider the origin of product rules that I mentioned before. That will affect whether or not you uh, have to pay a tariff to move your goods. Um, and consider the VAT position. Where are you on the VAT? The VAT rules have changed. Your goods might be subject to additional uh, payments, especially, for instance, if you moved your goods into France and then you were selling them into Spain, there may be additional VAT costs. So you need to check those. Those kind of administration things need to be firmly in your mind. We touched a lot on preparation. Is that the key in all of this? It, it absolutely is key. Uh, but um, to, to quote Donald Rumsfeld, if people uh, remember him, there are known unknowns and unknown unknowns. Um, and it's the unknown unknowns that are causing the problem. And the classic example is the fishing industry at the moment where uh, it, they're, they're in chaos. And that's just because there was an awful lot of things that have occurred that people hadn't foreseen. So even those that were as prepared as you could be have hit major problems. You have to give a lot of advice and it is sector by sector. Is this about getting ahead of the game, do you think, and getting the advice needed ahead of time from, you know, solicitors like yourselves? Well, solicitors, but other business advisors as well. I wouldn't I wouldn't hold us out as exclusive experts in this. Um uh, but I would go to what people that specialise in advising businesses. It is quite detailed. 
it's it, it's just going to take time. It's a completely different way of, of dealing with the European Union that people are, are not used to, and therefore they have to get their to get their heads around it. I suppose if you speak to people that aren't UK EU based, um, I was speaking to a Chinese uh, person uh, only the other day who's actually based out of Australia, and they were just saying, "Well, this is the sort of thing you deal with in international trade." So for them, they can't see perhaps why we're struggling so much with these changes but it's just because we're not used to them will that be a useful tool do you think you know looking overseas and seeing what other countries are doing yeah i think that um it depends really on what happens over the course of the next 12 months or so uh, the the pandemic at the moment has slightly ironically probably um masked what could have been worse problems at borders because the amount of freight that's coming through has been reduced and also there was a significant amount of stockpiling pre-Brexit um, you trying to try to secure warehouse space pre-Brexit was nigh on impossible once you got past about August last year um, so those are going to come in and we're going to, going to see more delays on the border that, the knock-on effect to that might be that people start to restructure how they use their supply chains so, for instance, they might start setting up hubs in the European Union so they only have one back point. They might start setting up warehousing and they might start using bonded warehouses uh, to avoid certain duty payments. Um, they might set up a completely overseas trading entity within the European Union, and we've seen that with a few clients that have already moved in that direction. So they move the business that occurs in the EU out of the UK into the EU. Um, so there's various things people can do whether they do any or all of them really depends on what happens over the course of the next uh, six to 12 months as these things bed in and people get a grip and an understanding of how it's all operating. How does it vary for you, Dale, when you're talking to different clients? Are people handling it differently? Yeah, well, it, 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 the full range of, of, of emotions, really, from despair to optimism, um, depending on who you're talking to uh, and depending on how, the, how they operate their business so if they're heavily export or import dependent on goods then they have they've got they've got concerns and problems but whether they're just teething problems and they'll they'll, they'll bed down it'll all get smooth again too early to tell well let's talk about the optimistic businesses who are they uh, and why are they so pleased i think the optimistic businesses are those that have one point of one touch point in the european union and, and are not moving things that are particularly um tariff heavy so that so that the goods are predominantly produced in the uk the, the uh, origin rules are easy um the forms therefore aren't too bad um and they can get it through reasonably quickly uh there are issues with freight haulage at the moment because drivers are paid by the mile and there are big delays at the borders for certain goods so there's a there's a reluctance for certain hauliers to take certain classifications of goods but again that could change as, as we get used to things we did get that deal you know at the 11th hour but legal services were included in it so you've uh, you've done all right from this haven't you i think a cynic might say if you've got lawyers negotiating a deal they might possibly help themselves out while they do it but um <laughs> i think i think there's just such a lot of um because there's such a lot of regulation around these changes it, it it sort of makes sense to uh have the legal profession with some elements of protection it's not total uh because otherwise how on earth do you get all this to work so i know people don't like lawyers but occasionally we are needed of course
We've spoken about paperwork time and time again across this podcast and we will continue to do so, I'm sure. Um, it's a real clincher for people, isn't it? So, so how important is it to get it right? If you don't get it right, your goods aren't going to leave the country or come into the country. It, it's that crucial. You have to get it right. If, if it's wrong at the port of entry or embarkation, then you're either going to get turned back or you're going to have huge delays, which potentially have a big cost implication. Is it good to get advice then at that point to nail it first time? Yeah, but not not necessarily just from lawyers. I mean, speak to you know, the, your your business federations, um, um, so forth. But yes, take if you're not sure, take advice. I mean, things will undoubtedly change, uh, and it, it, it will just take time to appreciate how they've changed. But uh, change is an opportunity as much as a threat, and therefore you have to try and be. Um, positive and, and um, embrace the change because it's happened there's no point there's no point arguing against it it has happened so work out what's going on and, and move forward yeah let's pick up on that because there are areas of positivity to take so are there areas businesses should be looking to do you think and almost turning their attention to you know especially you know if, if people especially if people are maybe feeling a bit lost or frustrated are there areas they should be focusing on to stay buoyant if i knew that I'd, i i wouldn't be a lawyer i'd be doing something that made me far more money um businesses need to decide if they are in the import export market and they're heavily dependent on eu trade then they need to really rethink their supply chains and how that operates and what needs to be changed in order to make it as smooth as possible to um to, to move your goods around and to reduce the amount of paperwork and look at the tariff risk uh, and, and, and it's those areas really I mean, cost of business is the thing you've got to got to look at and how you can keep the cost to a minimum otherwise in time they'll get passed on to customers and prices will start to rise but as I said before it's very yeah. sector specific so you can't apply a blanket this will affect goods by X percent over it just doesn't work like that we have touched on the fishing industry a little bit, um, but aside from you know general imports and exports, which sectors are really having to step up their game in this? Hauliers, um, they are very much having to change the way they operate. Uh, the impact on them is is, is quite significant. Uh, I was reading an article last week about the port at Hollyhead that, that runs from um, Anglesey through to uh, Dublin and how that seems to be getting bypassed now and that goods are shipping around the UK from Dublin straight into EU ports. So what's the effect there? And what's the effect on hauliers if that if that's going on? So what, what will happen over the course of the next year is that certain trade routes will change. It's an inevitability. Some will change for the benefit of the UK. Some may change to the negative of the UK. We'll just wait and see. Um, businesses perhaps need to look at other markets other than the European Union uh, that may have easier uh, processes as as we move forward and the UK enters into other trade deals so I think keep your keep your mind alert to what these other trade deals are as they're entered into uh, the advantage to the EU has always been it's so close uh, and that and because it was frictionless trade it was so easy um, and now that that's not so easy, it may be other markets become you know, certainly no more difficult than going into the EU. So you've got more opportunities. 
Britain has left the EU now. Uh, there are, though, still conversations and negotiations taking place. Are things going to keep on changing? Yes, and some things will change for the better. Uh, but the government is is going around the world seeking to enter into various uh, trade deals and announcements and looking to enter into uh, deals with the Australians, etc. Um, those potentially then open up new markets. I, but it's whether those markets have got a place for our goods. Some businesses will be successful, others won't have an opportunity there. Uh, so it's a case-by-case basis. With many unknowns and details still to be ironed out, Dale, what can businesses do to prepare for the future? I think they just need to be reading the um, the, pa- the papers, the press, but perhaps more importantly, their trade-specific um, publications, because that's likely to be where they will get um, heads up on changes that have coming in or, or have just come in. Uh, perhaps subscribe to various newsletters from, you know, dare I say it, law firms, but also accountancy firms, business advising firms. There's a lot of businesses that are sending out information. The government itself um, is sending out lots of information. Uh, so I would just seek as many information sources as you can uh, and speak to people in the same sector that are having the same problems. They may have found a way through. Uh, you know, they may say, well, if you do it this way, you won't have a problem. So... I think it's an intelligence game. It's undeniable the value of the legal sector in all of this. And seeking advice from solicitors like Dale Williams at BPE could really make the difference in your ability to navigate this new world. But it's not just law firms that are offering great insight. So be sure to check out all the other episodes in the Navigating EU Exit podcast as I chat to businesses and experts alike. And make sure you hit subscribe wherever you listen whilst you're there too. And as always, we've included all the relevant links in the description and welcome any questions and queries regarding your work now that Britain has left the EU. Because remember, we're all in this together.